Hello and welcome to Roll for Friendship. This is a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. I am your host, Jim McIntyre, and with me is two of my favorite individuals. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm John, and I'll be playing Hatchet and maybe Rufio. Yep. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm coming through your digital ear space. Uh, I'll be playing Frank the Wizard. Yeah, coming through digital ear space as opposed to how John and I are. We're actually coming through your mental ear space. I'm in Jim's physical ear space. Um, all right, let's play a game. Uh, so I will do a little bit of uh, previously on. Previously on, roll for friendship. The brothers Hatchet and Frank have a bounty on their heads, have lost their home, and have been accused of being something that they don't understand. They were recruited by the dwarf Rupert to rescue his younger brother Moopit, and in doing so, Rupert sacrificed himself. Now, with Moopit in tow, they head towards a university in the nation's capital city, hoping for some answers. A random dog bark in the middle there. Yeah, I thought that was you being like, what? Uh, <laughs> what? I was like, yeah, I mean, no. it was a good um, recap, but like... <laughs> the two of you, and a not currently horse-sized badger are bouncing around the back tray of a moving wagon. The wagon is covered with a large cloth hiding you from sight as the wagon travels towards the front gate of the city of Felice. The wagon lurches to a halt, and you can vaguely hear the voice of Zero and Theodora speaking to some men outside the cart. After mere moments, the wagon begins its trundle again as you enter the city. A cacophony of sound and a menagerie of sense assaults your senses, as the city surrounds you. Do you guys try and peek out of the cover? Or do you just uh, I think, chill? I think if Rufio has a little sus, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think Rufio would be the one to suss it out. No one, There's no bounty on his head. Okay. Uh, Rufio sticks his nose out. Uh, what information are you hoping to get from this? What do your badger eyes see? <laughs> I mean... Um, John has, sorry, Hatchet has uh, the ability to talk to the animal while he's touching it, number one, and number two, um, hear his thoughts as well. So he can figure it out. I think that he could hear, like, it was not exactly thoughts. It was like he could tell if he was sensing danger or something. Right. I've heard it both ways. That was your interpretation, I think. As yep. in the guide who yeah, will make as the in... ultimate <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was more along... Anyway, that's okay. We can both peek. Yeah, okay. So you want to peek out of the wagon? Sure. Roll a dice for peeking. Oh, crap. Roll a peek we're dice. Playing, we're playing a, a dice-based game. Yeah. Both of us or... Whoever's peeking. I don't think I care enough to peek if I have to roll a dice. Hatchet goes to peek and then he's like... Mm. Uh, I rolled a 15. Brilliant. Well done. Look at you. First success of the evening. Um, all right. So you lift up a bit of the cover and you peek out at the site that you can see from the back of the wagon and you see a resplendent city. You see a city with well-paved roads, uh, well-constructed buildings. 
you can see people milling around that all look wealthy, um, like fine cloth and fine goods. You can hear, like you see more people than you've ever seen in one place before. You hear more sounds than you've ever heard in one place before. And your nose is assaulted by more smells than you've ever smelled before. I think Frank is going to hop back down and just make himself small in the corner of the truck. Okay. And probably cover his ears. So that means that you do not see anything more as the wagon continues. But the yeah, wagon... He, he made his assessment and now he's yeah. back in the, in the truck. No, that's, and he's that's had, cool. Yeah. You do you, man. So the wagon continues on for some time. And then suddenly the wagon is no longer. And I need you to roll a dice. Both of you. By the wagon is no longer. Can you elaborate on that sentence? In a moment. After you've rolled a dice. Okay. I rolled an eight. Brilliant, brilliant. I rolled a 19. Some strong rolls out the bat. Yeah. All right. So you both wake up and you wake up in different locations. We're going to take Frank first and then Hatchet second. So Frank, you've got 19. You wake up in a nice, comfortable, cozy bed. There is a fire crackling in the corner of the room. Uh, Everything is quite nice and cozy in the room. It's not big. It's pretty small. There's a table with some water to wash up to prepare yourself for the day. It looks There's some steam coming off the water. It looks like it's been freshly warmed for you. Um, Yeah, that's where you're at. What do you do? He gets up and he throws the water on the fire and he sits down in the seat. Is he wearing clothes? Yes. You're wearing the clothes that you were wearing. Okay. Yep. Sits on the seat in the like relatively dark room and waits. Okay. There's a knock on your door. And then we're going to go to Hatchet. All right. Hatchet. Hatchet's gone emo. Uh, sorry, Frank's gone emo this episode. Maybe he's upset about the whole Rupert thing. Uh, yeah. I did forget... We just watched a man die. Where am I, Jim? So, Hatchet wakes up to the sound of rustling. Looking beside you, you notice first that there is a man in the bed beside you. And he's not moving, but his clothes seem to be moving. Secondly, you notice a man standing over that first man searching through his clothes. The first man is not moving and appears to be dead. The second man notices you and he looks at you angrily and he says, Where is it? Did you take it? It's not here. You must have taken it. Where's the ring? The ring. Uh, the ring indeed. Where is the ring? Yes. That is the, the age-old question. The question on all of our minds, where is the ring? I don't have time for this. I'll find it myself. And with that, he casts a big fireball. I leap out of the way. No, I have to roll. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yep. So it does six damage. Oof. That's a lot of damage. Did I get? Did I get uh, health back from the last episode? Yeah, you've been traveling. So I'm on ten again. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good because I was on six. So now I'm on four. So the fireball, fireball erupts from his hands and consumes the bed, and also like knocks you flying. Okay. Oh, fair enough. I, look, I, I'm just having some fun. I got no idea what you were talking about a ring. Last time I was hanging out in some cart, and now I'm here, and I have no idea who you are and what ring you're looking for. You don't have the principal ring. I don't have any ring, let alone a principal ring. All right. Are you doing anything else other than? Um, am I? In slash near a university? You're you're at the university. And he casts another fireball. Okay. And he does another six damage. I'm dead. And Hatchet dies. Okay. So back to Frank. So uh, there's Wait, been a Hatch knock is, on your Hatch door. Hatchet is just actually dead? It's like a Final Fantasy thing where you're supposed to die. There's been a knock at your door. <sighs> Okay, I um, I peer under the door slit to see if there's light from behind and if there's like if I can see anything from the person. Uh, yeah, you see the silhouette of Zero. Okay, I open the door to Zero. He stabs you in the heart. Okay, what? A- and hey, this is a fun story and game that we're playing, Jim. Really, really loving this one. You guys wake up. Can. You both roll a dice. Sure. Oof. Continuing with the hot rolls. 18. 14. I'm on fire. I mean, Hatchet was the one on fire. Okay. So, you, Frank, you wake up in the same room that you were in previously. There is no blood stain on your chest. There's no pain. Where you were stabbed, you wake up and everything is as it was. You see the steam coming off of the bowl of water on the desk. You already know what I'm doing. I'm going to go put out the fire with the water and sit in the chair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Hatchet, you wake up and you are also in your own room this time. It is quite a nice room. There is a fire roaring in the corner, keeping you... Warm and cozy. There is a saucer of water. Saucer, that's a th- funny... Uh, there is a bowl oh. of water. Well, it's just like saucers, not very much, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's like just like a puddle. Yeah, there's a bowl of water that is steaming on the table near the bed. Uh, and you have a knock at your door. Uh, I answer. Is Rufio with me? Rufio is always with us, John. <laughs> Yeah, Rufio's at the end of your bed. Rufio wasn't with you last time, though. Do I remember getting killed by fireballs? Mm Mm-hmm. I open the door very cautiously. Yeah. You see Theodora standing there. Well, take two, I guess. Okay, yes. What the hell is going on? It's 
a long story. Do you want answers first or breakfast first? Both? I I don't know. I'd like to not die by a fireball. That seems like a simple request, though wasn't quite granted when I first landed here. Yes, that that was the university's fault. It, I guess, took a dislike to you. But no worries. We will press on. I don't think this was Theodora's voice, but it's what she sounds like in I was the about university, to ask. apparently. Um, As a certain atmosphere, it just kind of makes her voice a bit more croaky. Yeah, it's true. It's just the humidity in the university. It's just... <laughs> it's got a bit of black really, mold. Yeah, it's exactly. Really raspy. Um, I will round up your brother, and then we will give you both answers. In the meantime, this young man will escort you to get some food and then lead you to my office. Uh, and she gestures to a young boy, probably about 14, uh, standing beside her. And he offers to lead you to breakfast. Meanwhile, Frank, there's been a knock on your door. I will check who's under the door again. Okay. Yeah, you see zero again. Okay. Uh, I open the door, but this time I'm prepared to be stabbed, so I step back as I open the door. I'm sorry about that. We just didn't want to have to walk one of you through it and not the other. What do you, what do you mean walk through what? Walk through explaining this whole thing. Right, and and painfully stabbing and murdering me is somehow the path of least resistance? You're fine, aren't you? Well, I did hurt at the time, and I kind of felt betrayed as well. I knew you'd be fine. I had thought of you as somewhat of a friend, but I, I guess we'll just, you know, we can put the brakes on that, that's fine. He shrugs and starts to walk away. Are you coming? So, okay, yeah. Uh, and he walks down the hall uh, and makes several turns. Do you guys want to explain, uh, describe this university? I decided that I'd let you guys kind of input into what the university is like. So collaborate with me. What's the university look like? Let's talk about it. Old. That's one descriptive word. Yep. I said I felt like that had like a dungeony feel. I think it has a dungeony feel, but it was never a dungeon. Um, they just were really grim architects. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't get the um, the shining house out of my head. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Because we watched a, an homage to the shining, the episode of Psych, recently, today. So, yep. I'm thinking like old art- architecture, like wooden um, post frames or whatever around. In my mind, um, and this is going to be a reference that neither of you understand, but there may be a listener or two out there who does. It's a little bit like the oldest house from Control. Uh, like things kind of move about a bit. Um, like I guess stairs. also a bit like Hogwarts, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a magical school and parts of it move around. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Shut up. There's this weird three-headed dog and, you know. I think it's like the newest house from Control. Ooh. I haven't come across that one yet. It's in the sequel, Control 2. The new house. 
<laughs> Our houses are new this time. Control reloaded. Okay. No control relocated <laughs> to a new house. So the university is really old in architecture. Like it's a little bit gothic. Uh, it's like tall brick walls uh, that are a little bit like decaying, but maybe look like they were made to look like decaying. Like, is it aesthetic? Is it decay? Who knows? It's part of the mystery of the university. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of what it looks like. Jesse, you were being led through, sorry, Frank, you were being led through a uh, series of passageways and corridors and, uh, Zero stops in front of a large double door and gestures flippantly and then continues walking. Is this door going to flirt with me? If you ask it nicely. Hey, hey, door, are you uh, are you a sentient door? The door remains silent. Okay, I, I walk through. I push the door through and then walk through. As you walk through, the door shuts behind you, but then opens a little bit and the handle just grazes your butt. <laughs> and then shuts again. Oh. <laughs> and you see in front of you a large cafeteria. There is uh, many, many seating areas. There's lots of students and also faculty mingling about and eating. There is a large section with a large woman in a white apron and a white hat who is dishing up food. Uh, and it seems like there's all sorts of food on offer. There's like a buffet in front of the woman. Uh, all sorts of breakfast food. There's waffles, there's eggs, there's maple syrup. It's a breakfast bonanza buffet. <laughs> I love how when pushed, Jim can think of three foods and one of them is maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> there's just this like a tub of maple syrup like, them, just... it's a, a huge buffet such a spread eggs waffles maple syrup <laughs> but there's like maple syrup in like three different receptacles like there's a big tub of maple syrup there's like those squirt bottles of maple syrup that you'd put like ketchup in uh and then there's like jugs as well so there's a lot of maple syrup does canada exist in this universe this universe is canada <laughs> whoa <laughs> that's quite the revelation yes so marijuana is legal and also uh drake is the final boss <laughs> anyway <laughs> um so you can see uh hatchet is seated what is hatchet eating um i don't know <laughs> yeah it seems like all that's on a... <laughs> when pushed between eggs waffles and maple syrup i think eggs is probably the choice yep I just, I imagine that Hatchet is the kind of person where it's like, oh, there's an opportunity for a meal. I better eat in case, like, I don't get a chance later. So I just imagine that Hatchet yeah, is sitting in. But eating. I think, um, I, I think eggs are good because they're kind of like calorically rich and they keep you full. Okay. And they're easy to get a hold of. You can steal yeah. eggs. So I think, I think Hatchet's used to eggs. Being as pragmatic as the character. This episode is sponsored by the Egg Board. <laughs> you are sitting at a table, Hatchet, eating your eggs. You notice that quite a few people in the room have black armbands on, uh, and quite a few people also don't. But everyone is eating and seems cheerful. 
that's that's what's going on. Frank, you're in the room now. Okay. Yeah, I walked in the room, and as soon as I see Hatchet, I um, I see if I can find something on the table that's like, are there any like meats on the table? At the breakfast bonanza buffet. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's sausages, there's bacon, there is Strasbourg, there is that's cheese. It's a strange. No, Strasbourg is a meat. In this this universe, universe. (laughs) Strasbourg is a meat. Is it? Yeah. No, I think it's cheese. No, it's a meat. It's a body meat. It might be ham. It could be. It might be ham, but I was sure it was cheese. It's not. It's a meat that comes in a roll. Like, you can just buy a roll of it from Oh, Dots. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, so I know right. I'm right. I was sure that there was a Strasbourg cheese. That's no, cool. my grandma Strasbourg. used to cook it for breakfast all the time. There you go. Okay, well, I grab a, a plate full of all those. Yeah. And my eggs as well. And I take the meat to Hatchet. All right. And I say, Hatchet, I got you some meat. I, I know you appreciate meat. Even though there's a needless abundance of it all here, but anyway. Thanks, Frank. Uh, hey, it's good to see you. Sit down. What, what happened to you? Uh, I died, and now I'm here. Hey, same. I died too. Um, Zero betrayed me. Who killed you? Theodora? Uh, some dude looking for a principal ring. I bet if I yelled out principal ring, then it would probably cause a stir. Yeah, Frank yells it out. Principal ring! What's a principal ring, everybody? I, what's going on with that? Um, Hatchet got murdered, but like fake murdered for this. A bunch of people look confused in your direction. Like some faculty like even stand up looking confused. And you see um, the young boy that led you in here, Frank. Uh, he comes in. Was it Frank he led in here? No, it was Hatchet. Um, yeah, he comes and sits down with you guys. He's got a black armband on. He comes and sits down and says, "What are you doing? Are you are you part of Simon the Bloodletters team?" Uh, well, you could say that. Listen, we're wondering what you have to do to get the principal ring. Well, hey, just hold on. I've got a job. Uh. And you see him jump up quickly and... I grab him on the arm. Okay. So you grab him on the arm, delaying him from getting up. And where he seemed to be trying to rush to, you see a man trip over his feet. He's carrying a heavily laden tray of food and he trips over uh, and falls forward. And the tray goes flying and lands, uh, coating a woman who is sitting at the table with cereal and you just see like fruit loops dripping down her head. Uh, Maple syrup, which he had in the cereal uh, is like coating her as well. And she's just coated in food and he's on the ground just looking so ashamed. He gets up and he is blushing furiously and he just runs out of the room and she stands up angrily and goes, and storms out of the room. Um, Hatchet. Do you, do you think? Do you think that's because I'm a fate spinner? I think everything's because you're a fate spinner. The young boy says, "Are you a fate spinner?" Yes. Quickly behind, come into this like hallway. We'll, we can talk about it there. Just quiet, please. 
I'm pretty sure people like hate us. I think. And also before you before you call me fate spinner, call me fate lord, please. Before you manage to take this young boy into a hallway. <laughs> I just want to get the answers about the principal ring from this kid. Before you manage to get him to leave, you see a figure skateboard into the cafeteria. Wow, so cool. He does a kickflip. Why does skateboarding and cereal exist in this universe? <laughs> yeah, so that, that implies the, um, the existence of Kellogg's in this universe because like, the idea of cereal was invented in the 50s. Implies the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. You don't know what's happened in my fantasy world. <laughs> um, yeah, so this figure does a kickflip and it is a large bugbear wearing a leather jacket with spikes on the shoulders. Uh, he does a kickflip and then he picks up his board and he pulls out a notepad. You see him put on glasses and jot some things down in the notepad take the glasses off, put them in his jacket pocket. And the young boy turns to you and says, well, you said you're on his team, right? There he is. Simon, the blood letter. Okay. Hey, Simon, Simon. Different, different Simon, the blood letter, I think. That's okay. Actually, if I'm a fate spinner, then nothing bad can happen. We'll be okay. The blood, I'm sure he'll only let a little bit of my blood. Had yelled for Simon. And so Simon turns towards you and holds up a finger, like, just wait. Uh, He walks over to the breakfast buffet and he grabs a waffle with his bare hands and he puts, with his bug bare hands, a what? He douses it literally in maple syrup. Uh, And now this next bit, we're going to run as a trial. So... The that means I love the waffle. I'm gonna say a thing, and then you, you get to choose an action, uh, and then you'll roll based on that action. So he has doused the waffle liberally in maple syrup, and then he frisbees it at Hatchet's head. Um, I I would deflect it, but it's covered in syrup. That's gross. I think I'll just dodge. Roll a dice. 12. Okay. So you are successful in dodging. Roll for waffle dodge. The waffle. The waffle hurdles past you uh, and lands harmlessly on a wall and it slowly slides down the wall. Turning back to the breakfast buffet, the bugbear grabs a fistful of scrambled eggs and throws them at Frank. What are you going to do? I jump up in the air and open my mouth. It's ready to catch it in my mouth. Roll a dice. I've been pretty hot with my rolls today, so hopefully I can... 19! <laughs> you don't seem happy with that. It's like the one time I'm like, I hope these boys fail. Then there'd be egg on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so he hurls a clump of scrambled eggs towards Frank and Frank leaps in the air with his mouth open and manages to catch most of the egg without getting egg on his face he kind of dives and rolls and comes up as uh, 
the bugbear Simon the Bloodletter grabs two of the squeezy bottles of maple syrup. And with a maple syrup bottle in either hand, he shoots them out in a horizontal spray across the room. What is happening? Hatchet, it's your go. Am I at a safe distance or are these going to hit me? These are going to hit you. And a lot of other people. I'm going to vault backwards. Can I just shoot this guy with an arrow? No. I just don't know what his game is. And I think I'm a bit ticked off. And it seems like death has no consequence in this uh, particular scenario. Let me let you in on a secret, John. Death has no consequence in this game. You can kill that guy, but I'm pretty sure his name is The Bloodletter, so I, I think he's playing. It could be that he just writes a lot of letters with blood. That's true. I mean, yeah, I guess. It's just like yeah. really grim stationery is what he's known for. <laughs> grim stationery actually sounds like a great name for an indie band. Okay, I'll just vault backwards. Okay, roll to vault backwards. Where did my dice go? <gasps> Six. Okay, so that is a failure. So. I get syruped. You attempt to vault backwards, and as you try and launch yourself backwards, you not only cop a lot of syrup to the face, you knock a table over. And as the table goes flying, cereal and eggs and sausages and oysters Strasbourg Strasbourg all goes flying and much of it covers some of the students nearby and Simon the bloodletter yells food fight ah there we go I was expecting that so uh, you see a student run to the breakfast buffet and grab a pie full cream pie and turns spins and launches it towards Frank okay while this has been happening in the in the point one of a second in that time Frank was next to the table where he brought all that meat to the table uh, and he lines up some sausages in his hands and um, I think he has about four right and he throws one like a throwing knife another one under the leg and another one spins and throws all of this guy, and uh, very stylistically, um, at the person who's throwing the pie at him, and also tries to dodge. Is that okay to do all at once? I will let you throw it and try and deflect to the pie with a sausage. I don't know that yep. I'm willing to let you throw four things and also dodge. That seems extravagant, but you can yeah, throw the cool. things and one of them can try and deflect the sausage. What if I roll and a 16? Pie. If you rolled a 16, Hypothetically, I did roll sixteen. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a success. So you successfully, uh, like, you throw one of your sausages over arm, you throw one of your sausages under your leg, uh, and whatever else nonsense you said. Uh, one of the sausages—it looks really stylish and graceful, of course—hits the pie and deflects it into an aged professor who is standing nearby. Uh, and the pie takes him full in the face and he falls to the ground covered in pie but you were fine and the boy that you were throwing the sausages at he cops two of the sausages to the face two yes. bangers in his face <laughs> it's like um crouching tiger hidden sausage uh, yeah hidden <laughs> sausage that's not a great expression 
<laughs> Things have gone mad in the cafeteria. People are everywhere throwing their food at people. Um, full bowls of cereal are being thrown. Full sausages are being thrown. Hand fistfuls of scrambled eggs are going flying. And you see one very uh, exuberant and excited young woman grab a tray of piping hot porridge and she begins to hurl it at Hatchet. It's your turn. Hatchet strongly considers just stabbing himself in the heart and just going to the next day and saying, let's not eat breakfast. Let's just skip breakfast today. Like, he strongly considers that for a moment. He's, uh, but I think for now... <laughs> does he know how... Does he know that that's how it works? He's taking his chances at this point. <laughs> worth it worth the risk i think that's where he hesitates he's like what if it only works once oh, it's probably not worth it um but he does strongly consider it but i think i'm just like i'm just making my way to the nearest exit out of the cafeteria exit exit <laughs> <laughs> all right so you are doing your best to beat a hasty retreat uh roll a dice to run out of the cafeteria <laughs> i'm still laughing at exit <laughs> okay so the i'm gonna die by scalding hot porridge the exuberant young woman flings the tray of piping hot porridge uh and it catches you in your back as you attempt to run away uh and it not only knocks you flat on your face you take two damage because it was very hot porridge and does he get like a burn effect every two turns or something? Or every turn? Every two turns that he's covered in porridge, he. <laughs> <laughs> one burn damage. Yeah. Hey, that um, stuff holds heat pretty well, so. So the young man. Uh, the, sorry, the old man who caught the pie to the face has like wiped the pet pie off of his face and he uh, grabs some strips of bacon and shurikens them at Frank's head. Uh, I'm going to try and catch them and, and eat them. Brilliant. Roll the dice. Ah, it's a three. Okay. So, the bacon shurikens across the room, and you do your best to catch it in your mouth to eat it. Uh, oh, I meant it catch it, then eat it. Not catch it in my mouth. Oh, okay. You're that's not okay. repeating the trick. You try and catch it with your hands, and it slips through your fingers, the greasy little bacon that it is. Uh, and instead slaps you in the chin. It doesn't hurt, but it's slightly humiliating. Okay. Okay, so at this point... Wait, is it crispy bacon or is it uh, like um, cooked? Like It's it's crispy. Bacon? It's crispy. Okay. So it, I'd be willing to concede the fact that it might have given me one half. <laughs> no, it's not that crispy. It's like a, ba it's like a paper cut, but... Be like that that bacon wasn't even worth eating it wasn't crispy enough at this point the cook climbs on a table and she shouts stop it stop it stop it uh and everyone starts to settle down yeah so this is us okay. settled down i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly exit the room with uh, frank i mean hatchet sorry i'm gonna quickly make my way out of the room okay so as you guys exit the room um you are bacon arrow entry exit. No. 
Sorry. <laughs> you're met now by Zero, on. who is standing by the door, and he says, get some food. Looks like you got some food on you. Okay, yep. Uh, okay, yes. Very funny. The man who knows all the things that are going on, making the jokes at the humiliated people who don't know what's going on. Hey, uh-huh. I still remember when you stabbed me. So, how about you, um, um, F off, which is a term back from Moundtown. Just means to go and do something else while we figure out what we want to do with you. You don't want me to lead you to where you're going to get some answers about what's going on? Yeah, of course, but maybe next time don't stab me first. And why do we have to go to breakfast first? We thought you'd be hungry. Okay, sure. Let's go get the answers. Then we can figure out why you're such a traitor. That's okay. Alright, so he leads you down several corridors. Um, You pass a large indoor garden area with a courtyard. uh, And there's several benches there and lots of students ambling around. You pass several classrooms, some of which seem like they have classes going on. You pass other classrooms, which also have classes going on but all the people in those classrooms are wearing black armbands and at this stage you also notice that Zero is wearing a black armband. Hey Zero Yeah? What does the black armband mean? You weren't wearing this before. Means we're not stuck in the loop Right, and we are? No So we've got black butt Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Black butts? Have we got black armbands or what? We're I've got to give you your black armbands. I forgot. Here it is. And he pulls out two black armbands and he gives you one each. It's the first bit of competence I've seen from you, Zero. Thank you. Frankly, I think you can F off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he leads you into a small what seems to be a small storage closet you can see there is a bunch of shelving around the side of the room and there is like a um short shelf that is like one of those like half length shelves uh which theodora is sitting behind and has writing implements on the short shelf like she has made it a desk behind her on the shelf you can see a uh, rectangular object that's covered in cloth and you get a strong sense of magic from that rectangular object Frank um, Frank reaches over and just touches the rectangular object nicely and just lets it shudder through his body <laughs> <laughs> Frank's got a very sexual energy this episode <laughs> okay wait so Frank you... what no I don't Roll You're a like, dice. Does the Frank? door flirt with me? It's knob grazes my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. That was Jim. <laughs> I rolled a five. Okay. So you reach over and you touch the box and a explosion ripples out and you wake up. Wait, weren't we wearing the armbands? That's not what that means. Roll a dice. Okay. 18. I rolled a five. <laughs> I'm awesome at rolls. Okay. So, Frank, you wake up in the same bed that you've woken up in the last two times. Again, there is a roaring fire. Again, there is a 
bowl of water with steam coming off of it. You know what I'm going to do. No, I don't. <laughs> he gets up and pours the water onto the fire and sits down on the seat in relative okay. darkness. <laughs> Why does he hate fire? <laughs> it was just a, it's just a discerning reality. And also, it's also like a, um, doesn't like the fire sort of situation. Hatchet, you wake up and you are immediately uncomfortable. You are uncomfortable and there is things poking you in the face and the back and everywhere. You have woken up in a bale of hay. You that could be worse. hear the sound of pigs snuffling. Uh, and I think this is probably a better result than before. As pigs are wont to do. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I think Rufio and Hatcher are kind of just chilling with the pigs. Okay. Uh, and the young boy arrives to get you. Well, I think maybe we should skip breakfast. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the same time, uh, Frank, you've had a knock on your door and it has been zero. And zero has made a similar quip about skipping breakfast. And they have both led you to the storage closet. You are hungry like you've not eaten breakfast. That's a good um, metaphor, actually. Wow, yeah. Good old I am just picture. weaving a word picture. This mm. is why they call me the Weave Smith. Simon the Weave Letter. Okay. So, again, <laughs> you guys enter the office of Theodora. She is again at her makeshift shelf desk uh, and behind her on the shelf behind her is a box a rectangular shape that is covered with cloth and she says maybe don't reach for it that rectangular bomb this time maybe it'll work this time I need to let you know something about me if I see something something new I have to touch it okay it's just a thing been a thing for me it is just who i am You're gonna have to get used to that i have now touched it i think maybe this was one example of why it might be a bad habit to be in but i'm not going to change myself for anybody and it was just lucky i suppose that um that there was a, a second chance magic of some sorts on the university lucky is one word for it i guess Oh, while down. he's talking, while while Theodore's talking, I'm Theodore rather. It, um, I he's going around the room and touching everything else. Nothing else explodes. No, I knew that. I'm just he's just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So Theodora says, "Welcome to the university without time." And as she says that, the university seems to shake a little. Like all the shelves shake a little, the door shakes a little. And the bomb explodes. <laughs> can, I, can I try that? <clears throat> time. Is that, is that the word? Or is it the university without time? That's not how it works. And she oh. kind of smiles affectionately, but clearly not in your direction, and mutters under her breath, Show off. Okay, so let me explain what is going on with the university. A hundred years ago... One of the professors, Professor Raylith, who I believe you have come into contact already with, Hatchet. 
set out to take control of the power of the university. This university has a heart, a place that can only be visited by the headmaster. And prior to this, the headmaster was determined by the university who would bestow what we've called the principal ring on that individual. That person could then go into the heart. Raylith poisoned the headmaster, hoping to take the ring and get into the heart. But the university hid the ring. Raylith had already set a plan B in motion in case and blew up this room to gain access to the heart. She gestures to the box that Frank recently touched and killed everyone with. So when he blew up the room, he gained access to the heart and he tried to take control and in the clash between him and the university, the university was flung outside of time. Those who are here when it happened are unable to leave and they are unaware that they are in the loop. Every day they wake up the same, no matter what took place the day before, and they don't age. Those of us who have entered the university since, we retain our awareness and do wake up no matter what, but also age. If we leave the university grounds, we leave at the moment that we entered, no matter how much time has passed in here. We've gotten pretty good at managing the days in here and trying to give those trapped in the loop the best day that we can. If you see anyone wearing a black armband, that means they're not stuck in time. Anyone without is a looper. Questions? Where does me being a fate spinner come into all of this? Is this part of your fate spinner research? Because I heard that you guys had fate spinner research and now they shut it down. It is both related and unrelated. But we'll move to that in a moment. Questions about the university? Okay, um, what's the university's name? Does it have a, a, a name it prefers? Or is the university without time its name? Serene University is the name of this university. Could, could you re repeat that? Serene University. Serene. Do you have some maple syrup in your ears? Yeah, maybe. Very good joke. Thank you. Is there a, like a running joke between the non-bloopers? Because like, you know... If there's always a food fight in the mornings, that means you know about that and you sent us there deliberately. There's not always a food fight there. Didn't you see Simon's black armband? Simon's job is to test. To test what happens when unexpected things happen. How does the day happen? What happens if there is a food fight in the cafeteria? Okay. So I suppose having us here is is almost good as well because we are another unknown variable is that part of was was us getting caught part of your plan or here because i want the university unstuck right and what where do i come in for that well both of us i'm a magic one obviously for my uh, magical prowess <laughs> everyone laughs zero laughs theodora laughs um Frank's not laughing. He's looking around the room. Yes, we will talk about the fate spinner thing. Uh, as she says that, there's a knock on the door. And Theodora looks at Zero and says, I, I don't have it in me today. Can you... And he nods knowingly uh, and moves towards the door. He opens it and moves out swiftly. But before he moves out, you see a um, young woman probably around 25 or so with long blonde hair and freckles uh, and she is tall 
so you catch a glimpse of her over the head of Zero, uh, and Zero shuts the door behind her. Turning back to look at Theodora, you see a glimpse of deep sorrow and sadness in her eyes before she continues. Uh, Frank's going to stand up and back out the door. He's going to go out the door? Uh, to this person, yeah, they seem sad, and Frank's compassionate and reckless. So No, Theodora was the sad one. Oh, wait, hang on. I thought you were saying... Okay, well then, Frank's going to stand up um, to the other side of the desk and um, ask Theodora if she's okay. It is kind of you to ask, but that's not the questions that you are here to ask. Yeah, but it is something important, because it seemed to have bothered you in some way to see that girl. Everything alright? She has been here. She is a looper, and... She is someone I once knew well, but... When let, she was in a loop, is she your age? No, it's complicated. I'd rather not get into it right now. Okay, that's okay. Um, well, would it help if we didn't talk about anything, or do you want to talk about the, the um, fate spinner thing? Let's talk about the fate spinner thing. Thank you for your kindness and understanding. I, I apologize for my brusqueness, when we first met. I did not understand how uneducated you both are. Well, I would take that as an insult, but honestly, kind of true, so that's okay. So, we do not know the origins of Fate Spinners, nor their powers. What we do know is both well-researched and, at the end of the day, conjecture. A Fate Spinner has not been seen in a hundred years prior to whoever of you two is the Fate Spinner. Have we figured that out yet? No. Hold on, are we are we truly ruling out Rufio? Rufio is always with us after all. Yeah, Rufio is always with us. <laughs> and and sometimes he's not. Sometimes he disappears. Not often. Uh like often in fights, yeah. Yeah, he gets a bit magic when he uh, gets riled up. Yeah. I know who your parents are so I think it is <laughs> fair make one to of say <laughs> yeah I was actually going to bring this up because like there's every opportunity that we might run into our mother I don't think Not Frank here. knows well I thought she was at the university but no she's at the mage academy or the wizard school or whatever oh, we called it it's a different place right yeah, I don't know if you'd remember the map, but you are in the capital city, which is to the far right, um, and the Mage Academy is down the far left. Right, gotcha. Uh, and the l- most recent news that you had heard was that there was a skirmish between mercenaries and uh, the wizards down there. Yeah, I think Frank, I think Frank knows very little about it. I would think. I know who your parents are, and I assume Rufio was not with you at the time that they became who they now are. And she looks at Hatchet. No, but you know who was here? Hatchet. And that's it. So we don't need to talk about my parents anymore, because I don't know who they are, and it doesn't matter. Okay. It seems we both have areas that we would rather leave unspoken about, and that is okay. Yeah. So, well, if you know our parents, then you know what happened, and you 
realise what you're digging up for the poor boy. I was unaware he was as in the dark as he seems to be. Continue about the fates, Miss, please. Due to this, the nature of this university, we've been able to speak to a couple of people who've seen and witnessed the fate spinners, or as they're often addressed, fate lords. The most Thank recent. You for referring to a real title. Thank you. Most recent fate spinner was Fate Lord Cyrus. These fate spinners have inadvertently brought chaos and destruction to the world. Let me try and explain. She pulls out a deck of cards, shuffles them with the well-practiced ease of someone who has spent a lot of time with cards, and deals out three hands of three cards. She reaches towards the first hand of three cards. Let's say a child is born to a simple farmer, and grows up in a small village. There are some ways his fate can go. His fate is his own, but still his opportunities have an impact on his fate. She flips the first of the three cards, revealing a two. He could become a farmer, like his father. Live a modest but uneventful life, a fate of mediocrity. Flipping the next card, she reveals a three. Maybe he's more than mediocre, though. Maybe he has some level of talent, and he exceeds his humble origins and becomes a successful merchant. Flipping the final card, she reveals an ace. Of course, he could also die. Beaten by bandits, falling down a well any number of ways, but his fate could be death. Limited options, limited possible fates. She drops the three cards and picks up one of the other hands. Another child is born to a king. The young prince has very different options, but at the same time, still somewhat limited opportunities. She flips her first card and reveals a king. Perhaps the young prince succeeds his father and becomes a king. He reigns and his reign shapes the nation for a time, a fate of powerful influence. She flips the next card and it's a jack. But maybe the young prince does not yearn to rule and instead chooses to leave his responsibility and seek a life of frivolity and fun, the fate of a wastrel. Flipping the final card, she reveals an ace. Or perhaps the prince is killed by someone else who seeks the throne. Limited options and limited possible fates. There's always luck, always chance, but luck and chance are minimal and unreliable. Reaching for the third hand, she flips it to reveal three jokers. The fate spinner, which of whoever of you it is, introduces options that were remote, that were unlikely or even impossible. Suddenly the son of a farmer is a king, and the young prince is left destitute by this change of fate. Hopefully you can see why this may produce chaos. The fate spinners do not have complete control of their powers, they can't determine if it's a positive or negative fate that is produced, and they can't even control whose fate they impact. It seems to simply be contact with the fate spinner that can result in a fate being respun. The level of contact does seem to increase probability. There's rumours that the most powerful of fate lords could ensure that someone's fate is respun. But as I said, much of this is conjecture. It's not like we've had a fate spinner to research until now. So I will help you get answers to whatever questions you have, and in exchange, I want you to change the fate of this university. I want you to get it unstuck from time. Seems okay. fair. But is there a way to tell which one of us is the fate spinner? Or, you know? Well, I think that the benefit of this environment is that either you break everything and they are set free from this infernal fate blasted loop or you change things and they're reset 
so it doesn't really matter. So, this is the perfect environment to test. Okay. Sure. Um, how about we devise some tests to, uh, to figure it out? That is a good plan. I have one final thing that may be of help to you. There is a man, the man that we've discussed previously, Professor Rayleth, who happened to see Fate Lord Cyrus just before the Fate Lord vanished. He is one of the only people who has had contact with the Fate Lord that is in this university. So, I would say- Sorry, just to interrupt, sorry. Have you considered that the Fate Lord Cyrus is actually one of the people in the university now and is is the reason why the university is? And so if a Fate Spinner was to enter the university, then there is nothing that a new Fate Spinner can do because the reason it's here in the first place. I mean, could you otherwise explain the reason behind the university being outside of time and space? There was... A lot of questions in that question. Well, just address the whole thing as a, as a whole, you know? Is it possible that instead of a fate spinner helping this, it's actually a fate spinner that caused this? Have you considered that possibility? There is not a fate spinner in this university. We can put that question to bed. We have had various people studying this university for a long time. We know the inhabitants very, 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 very ridiculously well. We would know if there was a fate spinner here. But what about yes, this Rayleth guy? Rayleth could have been impacted by a fate spinner in a way that produced the result of the university. Okay. Sure. But Rayleth is not Cyrus. There's no way. There is no way. The catalyst for the university is what Rayleth does after he gets access to the room right. that is revealed by the bomb. We know this because we've seen this. Rayleth goes into the heart of the university. There he talks with the university and he tries to use his magical powers to take control of the university. It fights back. It is flung out of time. So... So can we prevent it by merely stopping Rayleth when he tries to do this on any given day? We have tried that. We have tried that hundreds and thousands of different ways. Something about the nature of it being removed from time means that even if it doesn't happen, it has happened. Right. So what I suggest is that we come up with some experiments we test your powers in the hopes that we learn something about fate spinners or destroy this time loop. And at the same time, you can get some information from Rayleth. I have a device that may help. Uh, and she hands you a pair of sunglasses. And these are the magical sunglasses of memory. What they do is once per day, uh, if you put them on, you can roll a dice, and on a success, you will get to view the precious memory of, like, one precious memory of the individual that you're looking at. Um, if you get a tough choice, they will um, know that you have done that, and they will be angry. 
and if you get a failure it won't succeed and they'll also know that you just tried to do a magical thing on them and they'll be instantly enraged so that's how that works fair enough what about with consent do they still get angry uh if if you fail on it uh they'll still get angry if you get the tough choice and you have consent they don't get angry <laughs> okay any last questions so we need to i'm talking out of character i guess need to figure out what Raylith knows about Cyrus. So do we... Okay, a great question. So do we have any leads about how we might fix the university? It seems like everything we're doing now is to do with research on the Fate Spinners. I am hoping that you being a Fate Spinner will just correct something. Oh, that sounds like a great plan. We'll just spend the next three years here until something just comes good. You can leave whenever you want to leave. That's my main concern, is the way you were speaking is, th- is as though we are trapped here because of the way that you view fate spinners, but is that not true? You can leave whenever you want to leave. You okay. will inevitably destroy the kingdom and bring death to thousands, but you can leave whenever you want to leave. Okay, sure. I'm not going to test that, but I-, I trust you enough to believe that you're telling the truth, but only because... I'm probably too naive to know. I, I really hope you're telling the truth. Because I feel like this is teeing up to be that you guys trap us here and then we end up, you know, having to fate spin our way out of this. We're not going to get trapped here, Frank. We're fine. We're okay. Well, I suggest we probably give you a fresh run of it, hey? And she nods to Zero, who turns around and punches the bomb. This has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. Do we say that at the end? I don't know. Maybe we should. This has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. I'm just doing a time loop. Oh. Welcome to Roll for Friendship, uh, (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Hope that you have enjoyed it. We... Uh, enjoying ourselves and we're just excited about where it's headed Uh, we've got some things planned we've got some things coming up that will be fun i say we've got things planned but i guess it's me Me, i've got things planned jim yeah that's good that's good i mean we we do have a new theme song coming so that's exciting that's a thing that's planned and we've got some art coming it's not it's not a new theme song it's just the a re a re-recording the yeah. theme song reloaded yes yeah. the the theme song if you didn't know by the way everybody that theme song was written by dan and originally recorded by dan i did have a little bit on the recording i mean the writing of it but super catchy and that's yeah yeah cool and um, we do also have some episodes coming up with dan and zach um yeah anyway thanks for joining us hope you've enjoyed it uh we also recently received feedback from a listener and that was super helpful and we really valued that so if you did have any feedback you wanted to pass on 
we love to hear it, especially if it's got some positive sides to it, which this one <laughs> definitely did. But um, we, yeah, it's nice. It makes me feel nice. Anyway, uh, we'll see you next time on Roll for Friendship. Stay questy, boys. I'm Goodbye. still don't know about that. <laughs>